With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mesa Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. Luke Giardi here with you uh, with Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani. As always, we're with you on Monday night, headed into Tuesday, and the biggest week of the year is here. No matter what, no matter what the records are, it's always going to be the biggest week of the year. And guys, how are we feeling this week? I'm a little bittersweet. I love this week. It's Ohio State week, but at the end of the day, man, this season goes way too quick. Like we're already at the last regular season weekend of the college football season. Yeah, it's flying by. And I, I it's my message in this, you know, the last few weeks has kind of been, listen, I know that Michigan, their goals are no longer, we're no longer in their hands, but at the same time, we don't, we only get so many of these college football weeks and, and to enjoy them, take them for what they are one week at a time. That's kind of where I'm at right now. And, this is, you know, this is, has the potential to be the most fun or exciting week of the year. Um, you know, it also has the potential to be another sad end of the season, but I just can't believe it's, it's going, I can't believe we're here already. Uh, you know, these moments we, we wait, what, 10 or, you know, seven, eight months for football and, and it gets here and then it's gone. Um, so Yeah. That's my little spiel on that, I guess. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Welcome back. I mean, th- this is, uh, yeah, I mean, we know what week it is. This is as big as it gets. And I, the word you use, Luke, is bittersweet. It's kind of bittersweet for me for uh, a different reason. 
because what is it now? I mean, two of the last four years, and you know, you could argue, you know, there was even a chance that Michigan could have done uh, got it done in 2015 as well. So you know, these last couple of years, this game has been essentially a play-in game to the Big Ten championship. Obviously, that's not the case this year, and that makes every victory that Michigan has a bit bittersweet, but there's no convenient time to play Ohio State, especially recent history. But if you're going to do it, do it when you're playing your best football, and I think we can all agree that this version of uh, this, this Michigan football team is playing their best football right now, bar none. These last two weeks have been spectacular. And they go into Saturday with an opportunity to do something really special, even if their goals aren't necessarily ahead of them. Yeah, and I'm going to be honest with you. Something happened the last few weeks that I didn't think possible, and that is that somehow this team has restored the faith that Michigan can beat Ohio State on Saturday. Are, are you guys, have you guys been seeing this? Am I out missing out on a joke? or something with the, uh, like, I feel like some of it is with, like, the Just Beat Ohio State stuff, but, like, people have legit made the complete 180 since after the Wisconsin and Penn State games and talked themselves into Michigan being able to beat Ohio State this week, and I feel like uh, something I want to talk about as we get down the road, just consider it in your head, because I want to talk a lot about the Indiana game, but just for down the road, I'm going to pose a question before we talk about Indiana in the game kind of is should Michigan fans, you know, hold it against Michigan if they lose this game? Cause I feel like that's going to happen, right? Like that's going to be the thing that ultimately comes from this, that the fan base has talked themselves into Michigan winning and almost expecting a win. And then if Michigan loses, they're going to go back and revert to what they were saying after the Penn state game, I mean, after what they were saying about the Wisconsin game. And ultimately saying, well, they just can't, you know, beat Ohio State. When I don't know if anyone can beat Ohio State this year. So that's a question for a little down the podcast. First and foremost, let's talk about this Indiana win. Shea Patterson, he was tremendous once again. And uh, my only question is, why did it take so long to start using one of the greatest receiving cores in America? That's my question. <laughs> um, <laughs> what, what well, do you, is there an answer? <laughs> Because well, I don't, have, I don't have one. Well, here, here's the thing. They started using their wide receivers in the Penn State game, and then none of them could catch the football. Uh, Fair point. That, it wasn't just a Ronnie Bell problem. It was Donovan Peoples-Jones had some drops. Uh, I think Nico Collins had a drop in that game. You know, It was kind of a position-wide problem in that game. Um, I, I think, and people who have listened to our pods, and thank God for you guys, uh, again, by the time our show usually comes out, you've heard me a few times since the game on Saturday. I, I think what we're seeing with Michigan is that you know they got they got the run game going. They were so so successful there, and then teams started to adjust to that, and Michigan was able to zig when you know the opponent zags and all that stuff. Like they can be multiple in their attack now. Um, you know, you look at yeah Ohio State is going to have, uh, again, I'm jumping ahead here, but uh, you have three really good wide receivers in, in obviously the big three, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Treat Black, Nico Collins. But then you've got a guy like Giles Jackson coming on, and you've got a guy like 
Mike Sainer is still coming on. I don't think it's, I don't think it's a coincidence that since those guys have been playing a bit more, that the passing game has kind of opened up a bit because, you know, they might not be getting a ton of run, but they can make plays down the field because those other guys are being tended to. So um, I think it's just a matter of the, the run game caught up to the passing game and the, the pass game, you know, it's kind of been a back and forth thing all year. Um, I just think everything's, everything's humming right now. And the passing results the last few weeks, or I'm sorry, the rushing results the last few weeks have not been great, but they haven't needed to be in, in, you know, I, I feel like right now, and I, this doesn't really apply to this game on Saturday, but I think with the way things are going now, it just seems like if an opponent tries to take one thing away, Michigan has matchups that they can go to all over the field, um, which is kind of, it's a pick your poison approach. It's the exact same thing that we're going to see out of Ohio state uh, on Saturday. So again, I just think it's, and this is the other thing. Your passing game doesn't look like this earlier in the year because your quarterback one wasn't playing as well and wasn't confident, wasn't healthy, any of that stuff. So this renaissance of Michigan, you know, playing the kind of wide open passing offense that a lot of people thought they'd see this year. It's most of it to me is on Shea Patterson and the job that Jim Harbaugh and Josh Gaddis have done. They've empowered him all year. They never, never have truly gone away from him publicly. They've, they defended their guy. Um, they've taken a lot of crap for things they said about him. Um, and then finally, at some point, it just clicked. So um, I think the quarterback, you know, we ask why, why didn't they use the wide receivers? Well, it was the quarterback and the quarterback's playing much better now. We said all year, even after the Iowa game, quarterback play was going to need to be better and it's been much better. So hats off to him. Hats off to Michigan. Yeah. That, that to me has been the big mystery because we all, we always knew this receiving core was extremely talented and they've shown that over these last couple of weeks. But what was the, the biggest question mark and had been all season was who was going to be able to get them the ball. You know, we, we knew coming in, Shea would be the guy struggled tremendously for a majority of this year and over these last couple of weeks, I mean, you could say he showed signs of improvement against Penn State, which he did. He didn't wasn't asked to do much against Notre Dame or Maryland, but I I I wish I had a better explanation as to why he's turned into just I mean, he's been spectacular these last two weeks. So what we saw on Saturday, or really over these last two games, has been it's not out of the realm of it's not an exaggeration really to say that it's maybe been the best two game stretch, like any Michigan quarterbacks ever had. I mean, nine touchdown passes in, in two games doesn't even tell the full story. He's been accurate. He's been sharp. He's been making short throws. He's been making deep throws. He's been hitting guys in stride. He looks like a completely different, more confident quarterback. And I think it's the biggest reason why uh, Michigan fans are, far more hopeful coming into this game than they would, than they were three weeks ago. And it's because I think for the first time all year, really, I mean, for the first time, maybe in two years, we have the belief that Shea Patterson, not saying he will, but if things go right, has the ability to be the best quarterback in the field, which just even a couple weeks ago would have sounded absurd, but he's just been that good lately in the receiving core has been that great. Nico Collins continues to be, you know, one of the elite receiving prospects in the country. It's been a lot of fun watching this offense grow these last several games. 
And that win against Indiana, really no small feat. That is a really good performance against a really solid Indiana team. I mean, I think that's the best Indiana team Michigan's facing in Harbaugh's five years. And they took him to the woodshed, 39-14. I did have a little bit of concern, though. I don't know if you guys uh, would agree with me on this or not, but you know, two of the first three drives, Indiana moved the ball with complete ease. Uh, a couple drives in the second half, they punted from Michigan territory, and then they got down within the 10. They turned it over on downs, and, and I feel like Ohio State would convert on all of those possessions. Like, the defense is still leaving a little something to be desired. Even against Michigan State, gave up a lot of chunk plays. I, I don't know if you guys got that feeling about this defense, but I, I feel like it's missing kind of something right now. I mean, you can say that, but they adjusted, did they not? I mean, yeah, they, the first couple drives, the last few games have not gone well, but um, football is a 60-minute game. After Indiana went up 14-7, to they didn't score the rest of the game. Uh, I, I think that Michigan, Don Brown, deserves credit for that. I think he deserves credit for, and again, I'm like, I'm one of Don Brown's harshest critics, and especially, like, we should have a discussion a little later on about what we need to see out of his defense on Saturday. But, um, you know, I think that he's done a really nice job of, of he's mixing in coverage. He's, he's thrown in three man fronts, four man fronts. He's keeping, keeping the, the off the opposing offense off balance again. Like, yeah, Indiana drove down the field the first drive of the game. And we've seen that on the road a lot. Uh, these teams kind of march right down the field. But the key to me is, is that you don't, First of all, your offense has to respond. Like it's a team thing there. And then you have to respond after that. Like you can't go down to, you know, you can't go into a, you know, the 35 0 hole that they were in at Wisconsin or the 21 0 hole that they were in at, at Penn State. Uh, obviously, Saturday didn't provide the opportunity to see how they would fare uh, in that set of circumstances, but um, it wasn't a problem because they adjusted after that. And again, this is a good Indiana team. So, you know, regardless of, you know, injury situation. None of these games they played against Indiana since Jim Harbaugh has been there have been stress-free. And the two in Bloomington have been two of the most stressful that Michigan has played, period, uh, in the Jim Harbaugh era. So to come out and, yeah, you did get punched in the mouth early, but you counter-punched and you knocked a team out, you know, late. So, yeah, a little bit of a concern. But, again, to me it's the same thing, like, yeah, Shea Patterson lost in his stat line. Yeah, he missed a couple throws in this game. We wouldn't come on this podcast and say, oh, well, you know, Shea played great, but I'm still kind of concerned. He missed a few throws here and there. Um, you know, let's look at the whole body of work. Uh, like I said, now if Don Brown's defense gets blitzed on Saturday, and again, they're going to give up yards, they're going to give up points because Ohio State's that good. Um, but unless the bottom falls out. Like I said, you know, if the bottom falls out again, we should be having a conversation about what's next for Michigan on that side of the ball. But for now, I mean, I tip my hat to the guy. I think he's done a really nice job adjusting when I didn't think, didn't think he would. When's the last time we complained about a crossing route or anything like that? That's true. Yeah. Rutgers, Iowa hasn't happened. So I tip my hat to him. They've done a nice job there. Yeah, I, I agree. And I also agree with Luke that, uh, I think one of the that it was a bit concerning. Obviously, those first couple drives, they did make adjustments. Um, they're going to have to make those adjustments even quicker on Saturday mm -hmm. because you know Ohio State's going to throw a whole lot at Michigan's defense. They have over these last several years. Last year being a, a game where they will forever be known as a game where they notoriously torched 
Don Brown's defense, a defense that had been elite up to that point. If there's one concern I have defensively, because look, Ohio State's going to score their points. They just are. The way the game is designed nowadays, you're going to score points. I, I I think Michigan's secondary is is significantly weaker than their front seven. And I, Lavert Hill got called for three penalties on Saturday. It seemed like they were really picking on him. And when you watch the, these Ohio State receivers, and when you when you watch the kind of arm strength that Justin Fields has, I feel like he's going to be a guy in Lavert Hill as somebody that they're going to be going after a lot on Saturday. And I hope Michigan's able to see that. Um, obviously, this is a a deeper secondary. You know, we've seen uh, some guys who didn't start the year as starters, like Dax Hill, who have really stepped up. He's been he's been very good. Uh, for a true freshman. So I, I think that's one concern, one of the many concerns, one of the many things we have to worry about coming into this this Saturday's game. But that was something I noticed both early on and even later, as good as Michigan's defense was later in the game, Josh, U- U- Josh Uche, monster game on Saturday. I think that secondary is one thing that they're going to really need to tighten up if they want to compete on Saturday. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, and now this brings me to what I asked you guys earlier. What is the expectation on Saturday? What is the realistic expectation? Are we going to be bummed out if they lose this game, even though we've been saying all year that they probably weren't going to win this game? Have the expectations changed? Um, what, what do you guys, what do you guys think on that front? I mean, I don't listen. They need to compete on Saturday. Like the spread it's, it's nine. It's down to eight and a half in some spots. Some places even have it as eight. Listen, I mean, you keep this to a one score game or within 10 points. Like I said, I'm not talking moral victories here, but you have to, the prime objective i mean outside of winning this game saturday because like i said it's you know it's a pretty gargantuan task now mind you ohio state did look somewhat mortal uh this past weekend but you know if they don't fumble the ball they were like i said they were two fumbles away from blowing out penn state in that game so it's a little bit of a misnomer but i think that the way that michigan is playing right now they are a better football team than penn state they proved that for the final two quarters of that game in happy Valley. Unfortunately, the first two quarters happen, but um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I, I think that they're very well equipped to make this a game. And from there you let the football gods decide uh, guys like Lavert Hill, Ambry Thomas, they need to have their, the best games that they've ever had at Michigan. And on the flip side, like I said, in the secondary Ohio state's got NFL guys all over the place, Jeffrey Okuda, 
It's a top 10 talent. He's going to be the first cornerback off the board. If Michigan, you know, we hear this talk about Donovan Peoples-Jones and Nico Collins, Tariq Black. Oh, are these guys going to leave for the NFL after this year? Guess what? You want your test on if they're ready for the NFL yet? You're going to get it on Saturday because you're playing an NFL caliber secondary on defense. You know, they, they've got, you know, athletic, twitchy guys up front uh, all over the ball. Obviously, Chase Young, best player in college football, best NFL draft prospect, and, and it's probably not all that close. Um you know, it, it, you you will be tested greatly. But with that being said, they're playing loose. They're playing confident. They're playing inspired. All I can ask out of them is that they compete, give themselves a chance to win, and that something stupid doesn't cost them the game. Do they have a chance to win it? Yeah, I, I think that there's there are scenarios in play where they can win this game. But they have to play their best football. They have to play mistake-free football. And they have to play opportunistic football. You can't, uh, you know, the, the game in Ann Arbor a few years ago, can't drop an interception. Um, you know, again, I know the 2016 game, this, it came down to the spot. Get that stop on fourth down. Get off the field on third down. I, I think when you look at the keys of the game, and, and I put together a little the game plan podcast for yesterday, this game will come down to, listen, Ohio State's going to score. They are. Uh, and people will get frustrated with Don Brown over that. Listen, like this – it's the best Ohio State team we've seen and quite possibly the best Ohio State team we've ever seen. They're going to score. You need to keep up with them. And, and that's why, you know, for as much as people ragged on the defense in last year's game and the bottom did fall out, your offense has to be able to keep up and attract me. So to me, this Saturday is all about showing that the changes you've made since that game last year and the strides you've made since you struggled this year are were worth it that it was worth it and even if you lose to you know that you have success and and that you show that that gap's not as wide as it seems to be right now so heading into this game that's kind of sums up how i feel about it yeah i mean if you want to get everyone off your back and and really silence the doubters you do have to win and unfortunately i don't see that happening and and that's it's a tough ask because 11 other teams have tried to beat Ohio State, and none of them have come close. Ohio State played their worst game of the year on Saturday and beat the number eight team in the country by double digits. What I think we're kind of on a similar page. If this thing goes in a similar way that the 2017 game was, at least until the end, I'd be content. Where, you know, you look at 2017, that was a game where Michigan had the ball driving across midfield with a chance to take the lead and probably win the football game late in the fourth quarter. If you get there, if you get to that point and Michigan's offense has a chance to win it in the fourth quarter, if they come up short, it will be, dude, it'll be, of course it'll be disappointing. Like, and there will be a lot of really frustrated people and there should be, it sucks. I think we're all just at this point in the rivalry, it's, it's not even a hatred thing. It's just, everyone's just so sick of this of going into this game every year and being let down every single season. It's, it's brutally disappointing every year. You hope that one of these years, Michigan will find a way late in the game. Cause there's been many years. Not every one of these has been a blowout. That's the thing. They've had a lot of close games against these Buckeyes. And it seems like every time they're, they have an opportunity late in the game to pull away, to, to try to win it. They're never able to pull it off. I, if they're given that opportunity this year, 
I just I hope that they have the capabilities to go down the field and finish things off um, because it would be it would be a very very special victory. But yeah, that those that, that's the goal at this point. You got to put the ball. You got to be in position to make a run at run at it in the fourth quarter. In the moment, we might not look at it as a success, but I feel like in hindsight, we'll go back and say, you know what, as as bad as things were at points this year, at least they had a shot late in the game to beat what is the best Big Ten team I've ever seen. Like, can, I, can I ask yeah. a quick question before you make your point, yeah. Luke? And it might might be, you know, it might be what you're about to say. Do you think that this is the most the hottest Michigan team I, under Jim Harbaugh I, going into this game and uh, and also um you know the best prepared you read my mind I swear to god I was literally about to say with the way Michigan's playing right now like they would be favored over any other Ohio State team Michigan's played the last 4 years I don't think there's any question about that I think this Michigan team would beat any of the previous four renditions of Ohio State because they could have kept up with scoring if not kind of taken control of that 2016 game. Like, legitimately, this is the best Michigan has been playing going into this game ever under Jim Harbaugh. And, and quite frankly, I, I don't know, since the Lloyd Carr days, I don't even know how far we have to go back to get that. That's That might be the most disappointing thing about this week, knowing what they're going to run into. But at the same time, maybe there is a reason for a little bit of optimism going into Saturday. Well, you know what, too, and even to a certain extent, I mean, you talk about the defense, or really just the team in general. I mean, going back to like the Army and Iowa games, which I know those were two of the more stressful ones on the year, but this def- like the defense has made plays to close out games. Like, and even the offense has caught up to that. These last four weeks or whatever it's been, they've gotten better as the game has gone on, and they put the boot on the throat and close things out. Like, I don't like it doesn't feel like you know, it feels like at times the, the, the teams that Jim Harbaugh has had have kind of skinned on, th- you know, or skate skinned, skated on thin ice um, in terms of how they've won games or they were a little iffy, things like that. But, you know, this is the most I think this is a battle tested team. I think it's a team that has has been through a lot of stuff and a team that knows how to close out and win games now. So if they're in a position to win this game late, they might pull this off. They might do it because I think they know how to do it now. Um, listen, I think that no, that's what I think. No, <laughs> I, it, I'm, I'll, I'll talk about it till I'm blue in the face. No, I mean, th- those are all really fair points. And I, that was something I was thinking about over these last couple of years. You know, 2015, they were playing pretty well going into that game. Very well, actually, and I would say that's probably the most apt comparison uh, to this year's team. But you look at 2016, as dominant as that team was, you lose to Iowa in November, you play, you win a pretty ugly game against Indiana. That team was trending downward going into the Ohio State game. A 2017 team just never got going. You know, that team never had an identity or a quarterback. So and they they got you know, whooped really up at were, Wisconsin the week before, I'm pretty sure, that year. That was the week before, I think. And I, I, I forgot about that as well, yeah. And then... Last year's team, as good as they were, you you had they had a, a well this get us this gonna kind of sound like a weird thing to say, but kind of an unimpressive blowout against Rutgers, and then you have a game against Indiana where you really struggle in the first half and win by eleven. Um, so that I think, team was uh, kind of trending. The best way for me to put it is that I think Icarus flew a little too close to the sun last year, especially yeah. with the revenge tour and the talk and all that stuff, even during yeah. this week. <laughs> 
Like, bro, we we uh, no, we, I, I'd agree with all. We that. talk a lot about like 2016 game and the spot. One of the greatest what ifs in this program's history is if what if Josh Metellus doesn't drop that interception in 2017. Yeah, um, he might even take that to the house. They were fourteen nothing at that point. He might, and that's what I'm like. Opportunistic right, exactly. football, like in upsets, yep. you make those plays. And yep. Michigan was up, I think, fourteen yep. zero at that point. But that's one of those things where you do that, and things are things are very different. Um, well, let me you know, let me ask you guys just, this because last yeah, year we spent a lot of time on this on this show talking about what a win would mean for the Michigan program, and we were all in agreement. Maybe it turns the tide of the Big Ten. Obviously, anything but... Well, actually, you know what? The, the results of that game probably did, just not in the way that we thought it was going to, uh, judging by what we see at Ohio State yeah. this year. But this win... So if Michigan gets this win on Saturday, it's an inter- interesting position because for the first time, uh, I believe in the Jim Harbaugh era, I can't remember 2015, if Michigan had a chance at the Big Ten East title with a win uh, or if Michigan State already had it locked up. I think they already had it locked up. Yeah, I think they state had it locked up. I think state had to win. State had to lose to like, okay. or state had to lose, and Michigan had to win. And Penn State was terrible. So this is so, so this is the first time since Jim Harbaugh has been here that there is nothing in doubt going into this game. Michigan cannot win the Correct. Big Ten East. Ohio State already has it locked up. Uh, the best chance for Michigan is maybe a Rose Bowl bid if the committee wants to do that, but they would need Ohio State to still make the college football playoff uh, and win the Big Ten in that scenario, or at least the Big Ten champ to uh, go to the college football playoff. So, like, what does this win do? You know, because I think it it definitely helps on the recruiting trail, helps get over that hump of being not being able to beat Ohio State. But what do you guys think that a, that a win would signify for the future of the program? A win? I mean, it shows that after plugging all these holes and, and changing all these things about how Jim Harbaugh operates, how his offense is, what they've done defensively, it shows that they finally sort of figured it out. I, I don't know if... Last year was a little bit different only because, you know, this is, it was kind of a deal where we kind of had a feeling Urban Meyer was, was approaching his final legs there. It was kind of one of those like changing of the guard type of games. They obviously appear to be in a much better position now. Ryan Day is a good coach. Now I'll say this. I'm interested to see how Ryan Day does in a chess match. Yep. Uh, Because listen, I know Penn State kind of played him close last week. Coaching against James Franklin is not coaching in a chess match. It's just not. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens there. I don't think it's a program-changing win. Like, you don't change this program until you go to Indy and you win the Big Ten. But it's definitely one of those things where you can show, you know what, we can, Jim Harbaugh can beat this team. We do have a shot. Uh, we're you know probably going to be in a good spot to play in a New Year's Six game potentially if they win. Um, you know I think it just kind of shows that um, all the change they made was correct and, and they sort of have it figured out. And, and really think about this. I mean, we're seeing you know Anthony Campanile's name is coming up for the Rutgers job now, but you know can you ever really remember going into an off season? And, and I guess this could change mightily if Don Brown gets destroyed and, and ripped apart on Saturday and embarrassed again. 
but can you remember an off, like going into an off season where outside of maybe 2015, where you're going, you know what? I think I'm kind of cool with, with no, 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 there's always gonna be staff changes, but there's no one who you want their head on a spike. Right. Um, Which can, like you said, could very easily change over yeah. these, uh, these last two games, especially this game against Ohio state. Yeah, you you win this game and then you go to a bowl game and have a chance at eleven wins, which would be the first eleven win season uh, for Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, that's I think that's people. I, I think that there's still sort of this narrative out there that Michigan isn't in a very stable place right now. Right. That they're not, you know, to be taken seriously. But um, this would be the fourth time that Michigan and Ohio State since Jim Harbaugh arrived at Michigan, where both teams are ranked inside the top 10. Things are okay right now. Right. But I think for people to kind of truly believe that Jim Harbaugh has Michigan on the right path and this is going to work, you just have to go out and find a way to win. Or, you know, it's, and if you lose, like I said, they'll say, oh, he could never beat Urban Meyer and now he can't beat Ryan Day. Like this is, this is a very important game. And I think they're aware of that. I think the player's aware of that. Uh, we talked to them, you know, talked to Harbaugh, talked to players on Monday, press conference wise. Th- those guys are like all business right now. Last year, it was kind of, you know, they came in with the big swing and you know what's and there was, you know, revenge tour and all that stuff. I don't get that sense this year. Um, it, it, we'll see what happens. But what would a win do? I mean, a win, first of all, a win might, like I said, you're in the top 10. A win might put you into that six or seven spot and who knows, maybe there's a little bit of chaos the last few weeks of the year. Um, but yeah, it, it's, I don't think they will win. I, I think they have a good, sh- they have as good a shot to pull this thing off as anyone has this year against Ohio state. Probably the best shot. I think probably the way they're playing right now, the best team that Ohio state has seen by a pretty decent oh, yeah. size margin. Um, so yeah, I think they have the goods to do it. I'm not going to sit here and it's not a death march. You know, if you're asking me to make a game prediction, I see something like, you know, 38-31 Ohio State. Yeah, I it, one one thing that you brought up and that I think was a good point and it's something that a lot of people haven't talked about is is the coaching matchup here. Look, as much as the Harbaugh era is known for coming up short and that's very fair, in any other era, Michigan would have two or three Big Ten titles right now. But the fact of the matter is, for the, the Harbaugh's first four years here, Ohio State was coached by a top three college football coach of all time, top two. I mean, Urban Meyer is just an absolute beast of a coach. And yeah, they Michigan hired Harbaugh to be in, in that upper echelon. He's yet to be there. Ryan Day... Has done a has done a fine job, obviously at Ohio State, but like you said, we're yet to see him or really his team get tested. He's uh he's ridden the the coattails of what has been a rem- or what is a remarkably talented football team, and he's he hasn't screwed anything up. Uh, the offense has actually I think opened up with Justin Fields. You have a guy in Chase Young that they're you know using tremendously who's you know probably the best uh or is the best defensive player in the country maybe the best defensive player in college football that we've seen since Charles Woodson uh, but we're, we're like we said like you said we're yet to see him in a chess match maybe this is finally the moment when Harbaugh just comes up against somebody that he can out coach 
you know, in in this game, I'm I'm talking about. Because I feel like lately against Notre Dame and against Indiana against Michigan State, Harbaugh has coached his butt off in a lot of these games. I think the game plans they've had recently have been really really good. This will be a, a test for both Harbaugh, but an equally bigger one for Ryan Day, who's been given a team that you know can't really afford to screw up. This is their as good as they are and as much of an, an assembly line production they've had churning out Big Ten championship team after Big Ten championship team, this is their best group. And to come up short and not win a national title or, or not go undefeated here would be a disappointment for them. So that's kind of w- what this game means. It's not even so much for Michigan as much as it's an opportunity to spoil what has been a historically dominant season for the Buckeyes. And at the end of the day, Anthony, I, I like the way you put it in your article just pretty much saying that early on this year, we all doubted Jim Harbaugh, but when you take a step back and look at it at the end of the year, regardless of the outcome on Saturday, this program is in a place year after year that you know seemed like it would never get back to after Lloyd Carr left. So, hey, Jim Harbaugh, what a turnaround. Josh Gaddis turned out to be really good as well. Obviously, Don Brown. Uh, one more big test, but win or lose, I think it's been a pretty good turnaround and a good building block for the future. Yeah, and can I say something about Ryan Day really quick? And I tweeted it out, and it went not viral, but it got a decent amount of traction. Not not like a Chris Castellano. I knew that was coming. Day, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, a decent amount. Um, I... I, Ryan Day is cocky. He comes off as a cocky guy to me. Because, did you see the clip during the um, the Ohio State-Penn State game where I think he was talking the night before at like a basketball game or something like that? And he was all rah-rah. And then we're going to go out there. We're going to beat their ass. Yeah, he he says, sounded like Matt Foley. Lungs, like super, yeah, super, yeah, super like hard ass. Um, this dude hasn't won anything yet. Like he's had a good season, but it just seems like you know, they, they win this game Saturday. You see this smirk and I stand by it. Like this, this, to me, this comes across as a guy who thinks he hit a triple, but was born on third base. Whereas, you know, I I could see Ryan day getting a little bit cocky in this game. Whereas I think urban Meyer was like, you know, as you know, say what you will about his ethics. I think he's as good as a coach and, and respects the game, respect his opponent as much as just about any coach in the country. I think there was a little bit of a mutual respect there between uh, Jim Harbaugh and, and Urban Meyer. I, I'm just, I wonder if something, if Ryan Day doesn't do something stupid on Saturday. Like, like he almost got his quarterback killed in this game on Saturday. Uh, they, they, he's been leaving Justin Fields in at the end of blowouts all season long. And that guy has taken a ton of hits. Um I'm just keep an eye on him doing something stupid. You normally, and again, I'm not going to pile on Jim Harbaugh here. There have been times in these games against Ohio State or even some of the bigger games where he's made some boneheaded coaching errors. Watch for a Ryan Day error on Saturday. I'm just, I'm not saying it's going to happen. Just, just keep an eye on. Yeah, it. I'm curious is all. Yeah. I, all right. I, I thought Chris was going to go there a little bit, but. No, no, I, I just, I, I agree. Yeah, I could, I could absolutely. All righty, boys. Well, yeah, I hope it happens. Yeah, From my lips to God's ears. Let's do it. Let's All right, Chris, where can we find you on social media, my man? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C A S T E L L A N I two O 
one four. Things are in full swing right now. Tons of football action going on. We got uh, did, or and basketball. We got Michigan basketball post games coming up. We got obviously the game of games with Michigan Ohio State coming up, and maybe even a little high school uh, football talk coming up. My Lansing Catholic uh, Cougars are actually going to be playing in Ford Field on Saturday, so I think I think I'm going to be there for that. I got to schedule things out correctly, uh, and obviously with it being Oscar season, a lot of movie reviews coming as well. So. A lot of fun there. Uh, my Snapchat is the same as my Twitter handle. And the link to my uh, on my Twitter page, you'll find the link to my YouTube, which uh, I'll be posting some stuff there pretty soon. And if you want to see me on Instagram, that's ChrisCastle95. That's C-H-R-A-S-C-A-S-T-L-E-9-5. Please follow me on all those platforms. Anthony, where can we find you? Uh, well, Saturday, you can find me and Vaughn and Mason Brew, uh, along with our friends over at Audible uh, for Tailgate Pioneer High School. Uh, Audible is bringing the uh, a fun little display for John Cena's 64th Man. It's a it's a comedy show that they're going to be doing. Um, so we'll be we'll be there with that. Beverages there, fun stuff going on there. If you're over at Pioneer, we'll be at the Meyer Fan Fest. Uh, come over, say hello, uh, say hello, um, shake her hand. We'll. Get your game predictions. We'll chat and uh, hopefully send you on in with good feelings uh, ahead of a Michigan victory. Uh, tomorrow's podcast, um, this is an exclusive drop just for you guys here. Um, I will be joined by Dahani Jones and Jim Brandstatter, a couple guys who have had their own little historic moments uh, in this rivalry. Excited to talk to both of those guys. And then, uh, like I said, uh, schedule will be normal this week. Uh, from there, that'll be the Wednesday pod. Thursday will be the recruiting podcast. Friday, we'll get you out of here with Out of the Blue. So still plenty of of rivalry content as you travel to your Thanksgiving dinners. Uh, I thank you for for your support. I hope you have a great holiday. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at Anthony T. Broom. You can follow the website on Twitter at Maze and Brew. Get our shows wherever you get your pods, Apple, uh, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, all those spots. Looking forward to it. Uh, you can find me week. on Twitter at Luke Giardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Follow the Brewcast Show page at Brewcast Show on Twitter as well. And that's going to do it for us here today. Like Anthony said, remember to subscribe and leave a review for all of our shows and content where you get your podcasts by searching Maze and Brew Podcasts, Maze and Brew Podcasts on Apple google spotify and more we'll be back tomorrow with a brand new episode and uh anthony's got some good stuff for you here this week we'll see you next week on brewcast